0: you know, when I gave that less than positive feedback, because oftentimes my unsolicited feedback isn't always positive. I can't hire everybody, I interview a lot of candidates. And oftentimes I do give them feedback of where their shortcomings are in real time, in the moment. And some of my managers think that that's brutal, but I do it in such a way that I think is is helpful uh, so that they walk into their next interview and they're better. They might not join my organization now or for this opportunity, but they might walk into the next one and be a better interviewee, um, hopefully based on some of the feedback that I provided.
1: Hello, sweet friends. How are you guys doing today? I am taking my own advice. This week I'm coming to you from Big Bend National Park. It's my 18 year anniversary, and my husband and I decided to do a little adventure. So Yeah, taking some downtime and enjoying nature and hiking and just chilling and spending time under the stars. So if you missed the episode last week about how to leave work at work, it was a great conversation I had with my sister. And it was about seven ways that you can actually just disconnect when it's not work time. So if you missed it, we've gotten great feedback on it. I'd love for you to check it out. But today is a different conversation that I had on a totally separate subject, and it's all about hiring the right talent and also being the right talent so that you're ready for that next opportunity. My guest is Tony Souza. He's a regional manager at Embry Management Services. You guys might know him as the most interesting man in property management. If you don't know, you have to Google it. This is an awesome marketing campaign that Tony was a part of years ago. Now, Tony and I have been social media buddies, but last year, he reached out to me to be a part of an event that he helped mastermind. It was uh, a live to lease event, a leasing extravaganza. Really, it was the most phenomenal event I've been to in a long time that was put together by the local apartment association here where I'm at, the San Antonio Apartment Association. And if you can picture the scene, it was like, mix of motivation, deep dive learning, just fun music, but it was all about leasing and about how we can be better at the skill that we, you know, implement every single day. So it was a really cool event. And as Tony and I got to work together a little closer, I really got to know that he just has a very interesting take on how he tackles any project. So one of the topics that you guys have been asking for is learning more about how to hire the right talent as your team grows. I know for a lot of us, we're hiring when we get desperate, right? Maybe somebody quit or got fired and all of a sudden we're searching for that candidate. So I thought that Tony would be the perfect person for this. He really has become the employee whisperer, the candidate hacker, if you will. And in addition to this, he's really taking two approaches. So if you're a hiring manager, this is going to be an awesome episode for you, but he's also sharing tips on how to be a better candidate and really how to kind of highlight the very best that you have to offer, get behind just the surface level. So this interview is packed full of tons of value. I know you guys are going to love it, whether you're looking for your next adventure or you're looking for your next incredible candidate to join your team. Tony's got some really great uh, wisdom to impart. So I want you guys to check out this interview with my buddy, Tony Souza.
0: Welcome to the Marketing Home Marketing You podcast, a show for busy multifamily and real estate professionals that want to kick butt in their careers without sacrificing their lives or their sanity. Week after week, Barbara Savona of Sprout Marketing brings you quality conversations with industry leaders, mini marketing workshops, and step-by-step guides on everything marketing, business, and career growth. So grab a cup of coffee and get ready for some outside-the-box ideas from the girl that lives inside the shipping container box.
1: I'm so excited that we're going to have this time together today, and I've been looking forward to this for several weeks. You and I really started out as friends on social, and then yeah. we've become real-life friends. Yeah. And so I think this is going to be a really great conversation that's going to bring a lot of value to everyone.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm super excited about chatting with you and hanging out with you in person. So yeah. I love
1: it. <laughs> so for those that don't know you, can you give us a little background yeah. on how, how did you even get started in property management? Because I know you have you have a really cool background
0: yeah I have a different background I um, I didn't like all of us I think we sort of stumble into this industry sometimes Um, I was a journalist by trade uh, broadcast journalist and then I lived in Los Angeles went to college there and um, like anyone with an ounce of charisma, you get talked into being an actor, and so I, I, I did that for a little while and great life experiences there in Los Angeles as an actor as as a young twenty something and and then uh, I did a whole bunch of jobs. I was a substitute teacher in South Central Los Angeles. I was uh, a caterer, I was a limo driver. I was a whole bunch of I was a waiter who isn't in Los Angeles as an actor um, and then I um, I got engaged, and I needed to figure out how to pay for my wedding, and, um, and I was living at uh, an apartment community, and I thought, I could do that. <laughs> um, I can upsell a cheesecake at the Cheesecake Factory, but I could sell an apartment. And So, um, so I applied, and they didn't show up for my first interview, and then I applied again, um, and didn't get the job. Then I applied again, and I finally got the job as a lease consultant uh, where I lived. And I was able to—I was splitting a room with my actor friend, who's still a good friend of mine today, Charlie. And um, we split a bedroom, mind you, and we both had twin beds. And um, and I got the job, and I was able to pay about one hundred and seventy-five dollars in rent and save for my wedding. And so that's how I got started as a lease consultant. And I think, like many in this career, I, I've had. Um, good fortune uh, in being successful and making my way up and through, and, and now hopefully trying to use any platform I do have uh, uh, for, for the greater good.
1: I love that because I think you know if anybody meets you or anybody knows you or follows you on social, you're you've got a very unique approach to just how you do. I think life in general, for sure. but especially with multifamily yeah. and just hearing you know I I knew a few of those pieces but I didn't know to the extent of like the variety in your background I can now see where all of those things have like, it's all coming together, where it all played a part. Okay. So you've had some success though, in finding good talent. And I think that in our industry, that is a struggle that I hear from, you know, managers, regionals, the executive level, finding talent and figuring out how to then, you know, develop that talent. So maybe we can kind of dive into a segue into that a little bit. How have you approached hiring and recruiting, maybe a little different than others
0: mm-hmm. have? Well, I, th- I think a lot of recruiters and and those hiring managers, forget the fact that you're also on stage as well. Um, We often, as hiring managers, like to say, prove to me you're worthy. Um, And I think that's a completely outdated strategy. Uh, What I've tried to cultivate is is a way to communicate through different platforms, but also an in-person is to say, this is who we are. This is why we'd love for you and your skill set to be a part of what this is. And this is what we see the future uh, in you um, with our organization. Usually when you're able to sort of touch on that in a very conversational way um, and show them that you believe in them and you would ultimately want them and you're courting them, um, they want to be a part of the vision and the future that you likely uh, have have just sort of outline for them. So it's, it's a paradigm shift. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've found great success in, in shifting that way. Some of my managers tease me and they, they, they tell me that I give instantaneous feedback of, of in the middle of the interview of what their strengths and weaknesses (laughs) are, uh, based on my observation, based on their answers, based on their resume. And, uh, they've found that very interesting, but they found that I think very transparent and very honest and very real and very connected.
1: Okay. Give me an example of that. Like we're in an interview right now what yeah. would you like how would you this, were we for consider, you yeah like no I'm just saying like if if you like give me an example of something like that or if you want to do it for me
0: no, no <laughs> I wouldn't do it for you because uh, um, yeah, you're doing a wonderful job at everything you're doing <laughs> um, but I'll give you an example and I'll leave it I'll uh, leave this person nameless but um, you know, I got their resume on paper it was, it was it didn't jump off a page to me uh, the experiences didn't seem in line with the job but when I spoke to this person they were incredibly interesting um, they were smart they, were, they had all the intangibles I needed to essentially a blank canvas that I needed to, to use to, to be able... I could teach them policy. I could teach them, uh, you know, sort of operating procedures. But I thank their mom and dad for whoever they created because they created somebody super smart, super motivated, really ambitious, self-driven. I'm like, I need you on my team somehow, some way. And in the middle of that interview, I... <laughs> And this person will laugh as they're, if they're listening to this. But um, I, I told them, I'll be honest with you. Your resume was not what I was looking for, and that was probably that's probably a positive way of what I said. I'm pretty honest in my interviews. But who you really are, I'm 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 amazed by, and I would love to have you on my team. And and this is why. Um, and I think, and I think it actually gets me a little emotional because it's so raw sometimes. Um, that they were just so connected to me in that moment about just because I was so honest with them um, that although I perceived this when I truly got to know you I needed you on my team and I told you and I made every effort to make that happen.
1: That is so cool. And what I love is it gives them a little insight. If they did decide to work with you, this is the kind of radical candor right. that you can expect from me. So to me, you did almost two things at once. You were honest with them, you helped the individual, even if they didn't take this position, now they know what they can go and take from that, which is super like giving, you don't hear about a lot of people I'm known for giving
0: unsolicited advice.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're such a giver. It's not not always a (laughs) positive though. (laughs) But the second to me is you gave a little insight to say, hey, if this is a place where you welcome feedback, you want to grow as an individual, this is the kind sure. of culture that I'm working to create, and I want you on my team.
0: And at the same time, it really allowed for me to, you know, when I gave that less than positive feedback, because oftentimes my unsolicited feedback isn't always positive. I can't hire everybody. I interview a lot right. of candidates. And oftentimes I do give them feedback of where their shortcomings are in real time, in the moment. And some of my managers think that that's brutal. But I do it in such a way that I think is is helpful uh, so that they walk into their next interview and they're better. They might not join my organization now or for this opportunity, but... They might walk into the next one and be a better interviewee, um, hopefully based on some of the feedback that I provided. But it also shows me as the interviewer that, is this person defensive? Is this person willing to take feedback? Because truthfully, those those are some of the biggest components that I can, I can work with or I can't work with. I have a really hard time, and most managers do, working with people that are very defensive and hard to work with. Um, Obviously, we all want the others that are very easy to work with and take feedback right away and apply it. Right. So. so
1: it's almost like a real life. I don't want to call it a gauntlet, but in a way you've created like a hiring real life scenario.
0: So, so you'll laugh at this. So I came, I came to my HR department with this idea a couple of years ago and I said, I got three top candidates. Can I take them all out to dinner and essentially have them meet one another? and tell them this is a job interview, and, and I'll just ask questions as we go, but we'll make it incredibly conversational, and almost as though it's sort of uh, an episode of The Apprentice, uh, uh, and um, they loved the idea right away. They were like, wow, that's so dynamic, and, and, and for me, I thought, well, this is a way that I could see like who the top dog is here, who's showing off, who's throwing somebody else under, who's shy in the moment. Um, It told me all the intangibles that I could never get if I just asked them. Uh, It would show me everything I needed to know in that moment of, like, who this... uh, And I wasn't necessarily looking for the alpha. I was looking for the right position. Um, And they were all walks of life from all different sort of markets. it, it, it did eventually sort of get shot down uh, for <laughs> a couple. Yeah, for a couple like fair housing reasons and others, just because you know perception of well, you hired that person because of this, this, of this. But I was genuinely going into it to say may the best man or woman sort of survive in this situation.
1: Oh, and then you should have had the waiters bring the wrong food, and then we really wouldn't know. Yeah, that's what that's a whole other were like. so, Wrong
0: drink, wrong food. <laughs> How do they handle that? Don't, it
1: a nightmare.
0: Don't be disrespectful to the, to the waiter because yeah. if you are, that that means you'll be disrespectful to a resident.
1: Exactly. I, I like this idea. So similar our business coach, when we were going through our hiring process, one of the things that he suggested, because you know, we work with clients, clients when it comes to design, they have an idea and it's hard to explain what design is. What somebody thinks is modern, somebody else, you know, doesn't. So one of the things that he encouraged us to do was when, you, when you're when you hiring during this process, create a scenario where you have them maybe do a project for you. And then at the very last minute, you change the project because that is what we really work with. And their response, you don't either want somebody that just you know completely rolls over, but you want somebody that understands. And so in, for different positions, we've created some of that. And it's been interesting because the candidate that you maybe initially would have hired, now you're seeing a real life scenario and that, that tells you a lot.
0: It, it, it does, and and I and I tell my managers all the time that that you're hiring for the intangibles because you often uh, let somebody go that doesn't work, um, not because their performance. You let you let them go. You let them go, or you have to address issues because of character issues. Uh, they stole the stapler. They weren't honest. They forged a signature. They, you know, all those things are often why we have to let people go. It's not because you're sucky at your job. Cause we can probably get you better um and so in the interview process conventionally how it's designed is tell me about your job tell me how awesome you are i don't know how many interviews i do a week that tell me how awesome they are um not everyone can be this awesome um <laughs> or, or maybe they are i don't know <laughs> um but um but my job is to find out really the intangibles of like, who can I groom and grow that has, you know, all the things that I need. And, and, and I'm in tune very closely with our company's culture and what our expectations are and even my portfolio's culture and also who they'll be working with. And so I'm, I'm very cognizant of putting them in the right place at the right time with the right team members so that they can be their best selves and also their managers, you know, can, can work with them.
1: So how do you get to that because I find I'm I'm not a, I'm just going to throw that out there I am not great at interviewing that's not my you know my strongest Are you too nice? I I don't know. We'll have to ask Ashley afterwards. (laughs) I hired her directly. So she's great though. So maybe I am great at hiring. Um, no, I think it's that, you know, for me, I want to believe that the good in everybody. And so I almost like, when I see a flaw, I almost like, I'm like, well, here's probably why, like, you know, you did Mm -hmm. this. So how do you get to the core of, you know, I mean, this is like a this is not, you're not spending days with this person. I mean, maybe the interview po- process spans days and weeks, but how do you really get to the core of who somebody is beyond the normal questions?
0: Um, well, I, I'm completely unscripted. Okay. Uh, and so Just like this interview. completely <laughs> unscripted. So, so, I have an idea of, of who I, you know, I'm looking for the intangibles, uh, the tangibles and intangibles um, who we need in this job. Um, And, but I go into it as a conversation and what they don't realize is that I'm, I'm a pretty well-trained journalist and interviewer, um, a news interviewer, and so, which has now become a job interviewer. And so I build a relationship with, with them in a way that gets their guard down right away. And when someone's guards down and they feel they can trust you, they then start telling you who they really are. And when you learn that some people, it's a fit some people, it is not a fit. And so that's sort of a, 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 a pro tip as, Mm -hmm. as, as we might call it is build rapport with them in such a way that they don't realize that they're being wildly truthful. And none of the answers they provided me today was any of the answers they rehearsed last night in front of a mirror.
1: Okay. That must be a talent then.
0: I do feel a bit as, as though over the last year or two that I've become sort of a candidate whisperer of sorts, and, and I've had a lot of emotional interviews, which, you know, if HR is listening, you know, they're like, what? <laughs> um, but in that we've touched on some stuff that, you know, that made them vulnerable. And when people are vulnerable... Um, they become wrong and sometimes emotional.
1: And I've seen um, some of the responses that people have sent you after you've right. interviewed them. I mean, I have never had anybody send me the kind of letters. What do you attribute to that? I mean, you can even speak to some of that,
0: um, what they've said to you. I've been amazed uh, at some of the feedback. And, and to be honest, it, it has been sort of a like an interview hack um, psychology issue or not issue but just a, a just an interesting phenomenon that's happened over the last couple of years i attribute it to the core of what i just talked about is that the interview becomes so honest and connected that they feel moved uh, sometimes emotionally that whether i get this job or not i just want to say thank you for meeting with me and giving me advice or unsolicited advice often um, or just caring as much as you did to, to take the time to give me the honest feedback you did. Um, I think some of that in many people has really shaken them to their core in some ways, and I still hear feedback from some interviews interviewees that I never hired um, that tell me about their next job or, or things they took away from our discussion that maybe weren't takeaways for me but really rung a bell for them.
1: Hey guys, let's hit pause for just a second. Can we talk about how hard it is to find time to train your team about everything that they need to know when it comes to your on-site operations? We wanna help. One of the parts of our Sprout membership that people find so valuable is our training section. There you'll find the leasing basics, how to even start building a marketing strategy, and everything you need to know about social media. If you're interested in learning more about our membership, go to watchyourbusinesssprout.com and just check it out. It might be the perfect thing to help you get your teams ready and trained on all things leasing and marketing. I think you're gonna love it. All right, let's head back to the episode. So for a hiring manager, I mean, I feel like you've really shared kind of your strategy. Mm -hmm. How could somebody implement that if maybe they don't have your unique skill set? Like, what are some things they could do?
0: Well, I mean, you you, always in any presentation, whether it be an interview or anything else, be prepared. Right. Know your candidate. Review that resume. And if you're new at this process, um, be overly prepared. Right. But also know have a game plan going into the interview of of questions you're going to ask based on either referrals or information you got. And then I would just strongly advise you to, uh, at times go unscripted. Um, don't stick to your notes. Oftentimes HR gives us this list of 10 to 15 questions. And really that's a liability sort of reason, right. To like stay focused on the questions. Um, but you learn the most when you go off script. Um, and so I would advise them to try that in baby steps. Mm-hmm. Uh have your outline in front of you in case you get scared and you're like in no man's land, you're like, okay, what's my next question? Yeah. Um but go unscripted. Like go rogue and just get to know them and allow them and don't be afraid to let them get to know you.
1: So I think you really touched on you have to care too. So it's like caring about humans. where, and I think because I don't think I know this, we're in the multifamily. So we're in the business of people and their homes, which is the most intimate place of people's lives. So when you go into that and you remember that, I think if that's the connection that you're trying to establish from the start, you said it, whether they work for you at the end or not, you're really getting to the core of it. Because if they're not the right fit, you want to know that from the very beginning.
0: Yeah. And I, and I just, I just posted something on this. I said that, you know, the best employee, employee retention strategy is to care, like just care, like care about their life, care about their job. Um, care about their performance, care about their family. I mean, just care, like give a care.
1: To care takes a lot of uh, bandwidth, so
0: emotional, bandwidth.
1: emotional yeah. bandwidth, so how do you do that while kind of remaining balanced? I know we talk about that elusive word mm-hmm. a lot.
0: Well, I, I think there's something about caring about people uh, of all walks of life um, that is important to cultivate and grow um if you don't care about people you're in the wrong business and i i don't know if i subscribe to the fact that you can only care about a thousand people or a hundred people if you care about people you care about all people or you should and if you care about the people that can't do anything for you or help you Those are the people you should probably be caring about the most.
1: That's really good. You know why? Because what I got from that was the core values that you talked about earlier. They're your core values because you don't take them on and off. They're at your core. So if you care about people at your core, that's going to come through. So I think that's like a hard hitting fact that if you're having a hard time with some of the interview process, you're having a hard time retaining your staff you're having a hard time retaining, you know, there might be some issues aside from that, but at the core, do you really care?
0: But, you know, and and this at the very core, you care to hold them accountable, right? So, so somebody listening might think, well, this all sounds well and good that it's all lovey-dovey. Right. The reality is I'm, I'm, I lead the process on hiring. I lead the process on firing. Um, And as long as you go into both processes um, with the best of intentions, with ultimate care, for the, for the best outcome for the business and for the people, um, you'll be okay. Uh, I tell my managers oftentimes, talking about the firing part or the termination part, it should never get comfortable. It should never be easy and that's okay because they often call me the day before the day of and say, I'm really nervous, I'm, I'm, I'm sweating, I don't know how to handle this. What if they come back with this or that? And I said, well, you're thinking too far ahead and they probably won't. But also I want you to know it's okay that you feel bad about this. Um, that tells you you're human and, and, and you're a good human, and, and that's a good thing. If you're happy to let somebody go, now listen, I get it. Somebody was a total jerk and, and or
1: stole from you. You're like, dude, you, like you gotta that. go. Yeah.
0: Um, believe me. Uh, somebody, you know, I had to let somebody go, and and, I, and and then he returns his reply to me and says, You gotta be kidding me. And I thought, <laughs> I've given you every opportunity to improve. And then you did, you know, I think he was, I think he was some adult beverage in the spa after hours or something like that. My response to him and I'll I'll blur myself or bleep myself out was you got to be kidding me, you know, so, so obviously that individual is not very self-aware of, you know, all the chances he got, but ultimately, you know, if you care for people, you want to see them sort of, you know. And oftentimes, and I'm not sure how we, you know, I sort of brought up the firing termination part, but it's a component to the human business that we're in. Um, Oftentimes, I've found from stories later that, you know, when you have to let somebody go, it can sometimes be a rock bottom bounce back moment for them. So, um, you know, you you have to do what you have to do, what's in the best interest of the business. Uh, But at the same time, I don't think you, you can forego or you don't have to not care about people.
1: Yeah. And I, I think you know some, that's something that Lauren and I've had to dig into a lot this year is not just the hiring, but also when you have to let somebody mm-hmm. go. And something that we've talked a lot about is back to those core values, just like an individual has core values, the company has core values. For a lot of people, they put those on a wall. They never talk about yeah. them. So our 2019, our big focus this last year was... Everything the hiring and the firing mm-hmm. is goes back to the core values So you have to be aligned to the core values and then all of the training and kind of all of the coaching along the way is Here's where we're not in alignment and we got to get an alignment and if we don't get an alignment Then it's not that necessarily you're you know a terrible person. That's not what the conversation is about no. It's a there is a fit and there is an alignment and if it's not there and sometimes people like you said they do that by actions that there's very little conversation there's no there's no it's black and white but then there's others that it's like, despite coaching, if it's not aligned, it's ultimately going to not work out.
0: And, and and what's really interesting, I remind my managers all the time, it's all, it's often in the hiring, right? So you're bringing people on board and telling them, this is our core values, right? So, so I'm going to make the determination that you fit these because I'm ultimately a decision maker and hirer here. But at the same time, I want to tell you what they are because I want to make sure that you can associate your own self with them because later down the road, if they go total rogue and, and become someone they're not which is really unique right. and rarely happens um, they're usually in line with your core company value and, and mission statement and culture so that usually it, it sort of mitigates our need to have to let people go because from the jump you're like listen this is this is the ground rules this is the culture are you in i'll determine it ultimately but i want to know if you're in because if you buy in then this is what it is and usually adults they they want to know the rules and if once they know the rules and they buy in and they're in they're usually pretty good employees.
1: So true. So taking that time at the beginning to do that very real, very vulnerable conversation in the hiring process. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we're we're hiring out of desperation because we need it to, to fill a seat and kind of just pressing pause and slowing down will save a lot of heartache.
0: So 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 often I hear that, right? It's like, oh, I'm in a jam and I don't have anybody. So I'll give a pro tip here is in sales fundamentally they say always be closing, right? in recruiting, those who know, know, always be recruiting. So anytime somebody reaches out to me that I can quickly see that they're a good culture fit, they seem to be good people and have a good resume, I will go out of my way, move heaven and earth the best I possibly can to meet with them, um, to put them in my pipeline, because I never know when someone potentially is gonna you know, travel the world or you know go somewhere else or get a job opportunity or get a promotion or get transferred. And right now, as I sit today, I can probably think of every position and probably have two to three people sort of positioned that I can make a call now or a text to say, hey, are you interested?
1: And that's a really cool spot to be in because it keeps you from being, I mean, you're still going to have those situations, but it keeps you from that being the norm of being in a And
0: and what I'll say this, and this is maybe to some of the hiring managers, regional level, maybe managers as well. How I utilize social platforms, specifically LinkedIn, is to sort of create a message out there that now I've sort of... I'm in a position now that I am not the one reaching out to people, I'm the one being reached at. And so my pipeline is, I'm able to build my pipeline faster and stronger with better candidates now because I essentially am taking leads, if you will, mm-hmm. of candidates and not having to source them.
1: Okay, so I'm going to throw you off with one last question because this is the question I'm asking everyone at the end. So when you know i feel like you've done so much work on knowing who you are what you stand for and i think that's cool what is the one word when people think of tony what do you want them to think of one word that you want to be remembered it could be two but one or two words
0: you know i'm trying you know my mind is going I'm like don't be cliche don't be cliche it's okay. um but i i think the one word that comes to mind and probably for lack of amount of time but really think about it is is authentic um when i meet that guy and you know and i know you know sometimes your social persona can sort of overshadow who you really are um i strive to to be that same person you think i am when you meet me um and you know for me that's sort of a a, somewhat of a true definition of of that dude is like straight keeps it 100 all the time um whether he's, whether he's stressed or he's super happy or he's sitting down talking to Barbara or whatever the case is, that dude is 100 and authentic all the time. And every time I've met with him.
1: I love it. I don't think it's cliche because we, like I said, we met on social, then we met in person and it's, it's the real deal guys. So this has been so good. So I'm going to ask, can we do a part two where we dive into all things marketing for the communities? Of course.
0: I would love to. All right. Thanks for Mm -hmm. your time today. Thanks.
1: Hey guys, I hope you took a ton of value from this episode. If you want to follow Tony and get to know his strategies a little better, I really encourage you to follow him on LinkedIn. It's under his name, Tony Souza, and it's S-O-U-S-A. There you'll see how he's utilizing the platform to build a network of candidates and really just stay connected with our industry as a whole. So that's it for this week. I can't wait to talk to you guys next week. We've got another awesome episode planned for you. Talk to you soon.